Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. And this episode, as I've said in the preamble, is about creating more space in your day, regardless of how busy you are. And this episode has come about from some pretty fabulous feedback. Um, Firstly, it was about my burnout episode and just explaining more about the ins and outs of my burnout and how I recovered from it. And so I had some really positive responses from that, like face-to-face, which is always really special, as well as messages. But then secondly, I had the fabulous opportunity to go to Melbourne recently and present to the National Australia Bank and to a cohort of, I think there's about a 1,000 people in the team and about 400 people we know um, watched um, and were at my presentation all about burnout. So the the level of interest at that. And then thirdly, the other reason behind this episode is because I have a number of one-to-one coaching clients right now who have come to me because they have symptoms of burnout. And they were seeking some really um, important tools that were helping to them to not only just remove the burnout out of their life or recover from it, or as I talk about, get ahead of it, but they wanted to become completely different people so it didn't happen again. And this episode is really tantamount to why, how widespread burnout is, how unique it is, how we all display it in various different ways. A lot of our symptoms can be completely different, but those feelings, like one of the key feelings you have when you're on the verge of burnout is that you just want more space. It's like, oh, my God, I'm rushing from this to this to this to this to this. Every part of my world seems completely scheduled or booked up and I'm in an overwhelm because I'm not really sure. To be honest, you're probably, if you are feeling on the verge of burnout or you may already be burning out and you just don't know how to address it, one of the things is you're probably bargaining with, look, I will just keep going until a gap emerges for me and then I will take some time out. And the challenge I've got for you right now is it's pretty likely if that you're in that bargaining space, it will be the fact that your body will force you to take a break. Certainly that was mine. And um, definitely in the notes you can um, you'll find out where to go back to which particular episode that was. And the other thing before I really dive into the whole piece of this episode is the fact that I have a really cool mini ebook and it's called Get Ahead of Burnout and Recharge Your Life. If anything I talk about in this episode resonates with you, please make sure you download it and hook in because I would rather you 
learn from my, um, I'm not going to say mistakes, but my experience so that I can help you quicker and earlier. So the other thing is that part of this uh, episode is about how you can start from today and start to get some more space in your day. So what I'm going to talk about this episode is what's behind you needing to create the space. This is not just a feeling, it's actually a requirement for your brain. So I'm going to go into some of that for you right now. Then we're going to talk about why burnout is actually an opportunity that is being presented for you to just level up, become someone different, uh, change how you look at yourself and change how you think. And as I said before, I'm talking about the brain before, this is literally how to think differently. And then the third thing is I'm going to share this tool that will help you to provide some space in your day from the minute you finish this episode. And I'm not kidding when I say that. You can bring it in today. And I'm going to share, you know, three reasons that it actually works. It's the number one tool that I share with pretty much every client I work with. And I'll show you how to bring it in. So you may also want to make sure you've got a paper and pen ready. <laughs> not that the tool is particularly complicated, but there may be some ahas in this episode to help you. So the first thing is what's behind this need for you to create space? Why is your brain, and I'm not kidding, why is your brain expecting this? Essentially, it's this is a very simple overview of two operating systems within your brain. We have a reflective mind and an impulsive mind. So I'm going to run through the attributes of the reflective mind. This is in our prefrontal cortex. And these are some of the characteristics of this incredibly beautiful part of our mind. It is in our reflective mind, it is slow. It takes time to process. It is intentional. It is deliberative. It is completely conscious. It is analytical, it is rational, and it is decision-making. So it exerts delayed gratification, self-discipline, and it's very strong at determining future consequences of any current activities. But remember, for all of those beautiful characteristics, our reflective mind requires effort to use it and requires a lot of energy when we use it so it's a beautiful part of our engineering it is available to every single human from the minute we come out of the womb it's available to us we just don't get learned how to or sorry we don't get taught how to use it properly which is a big part of what I work with clients with and it is one part of a second operating system so this is this is sort of the the other side to that reflective mind. We have our impulsive mind. I'm sure you're going to be very familiar with a lot of these characteristics. And I suspect as I read these characteristics out, you can bring to mind immediately some of the things you do that you know immediately are part of your impulsive mind. So it's housed in the basal ganglia at the back of your brain. It is very fast. It is habitual. It is impulsive. It is 
all in the subconscious. It is reactive. It is automatic without thinking. It, it succumbs to urges and it is pleasure-seeking. So it's almost like that, you know, that fun friend that you love having in your life, but there are certain times that he or she really don't get the best out of you. <laughs> that is what our impulsive mind is. It spends big on impulse and, for example, impulsive purchases and binge eating and even lets words out of our mouth without us even thinking. But here's an interesting point, the absolute antithesis of our reflective mind. It requires no effort whatsoever and very, very, very little energy. It is powered by a concept called automaticity or habits. And so we've got these two operating systems. And when I read out the characteristics of the impulsive mind, I'm sure you can also, you know, possibly think back um, to when, if you've had any time with children, you may have reared your own children or had little ones in your life, and you know that they absolutely um, operate on that very impulsive, um, automatic process, okay? But you'll also probably know some adults <laughs> and some of these adults still live completely and it won't ever be completely, but they seem to live in that very impulsive world. And the challenge is that they won't even recognise that they have a choice. And choice is the operative word here because that is the distinction between the two. The impulsive mind is where our habits and that complete automaticity is housed and operates from, whereas our reflective mind is the opposite. It is where we make executive function decisions. We are very deliberate about the choices that we make. Now, if every human completely operated in the reflective mind, they would struggle to get out of the bedroom every morning. And that's because if you are completely in your reflective mind, you would have to make a choice about, you know, which leg do I pull out of the bed first? What clothes, you know, like what, when I sit up, which way will I go next? Which do I go to the loo first or do I put my clothes on? If I'm going to put my clothes on, which, you know, like all of the decisions you would have to make if we did not have our impulsive mind would completely stultify us as humans. So these operating systems are incredibly important for us to have both. But the essence of what I work through with my clients and my experiences as I sort of brought all my tools into my life is becoming a person who can operate between reflective mind and impulsive mind on my choice. And, you know, they say up to 95% of all our behaviours day-to-day are done with automaticity, up to 95%. So that means there's only around 5%. And I think for a number of the humans that I've worked with, and I know when I was in my complete burnout world, I reckon I would have been about 99.9%. And worse, I didn't even realise I did have a choice. I just was in such an autopilot or what I call habit robot mind. So if you are feeling like you are needing space, I would suspect 
it is because you are not at all consciously using your reflective mind. You will not have reflective practices in your day. They could be things like meditation, journaling, conscious breath work, just simple practices that you flick on or off at your will. And because of that, you will, in the impulsive or our habit-based mind, if you are experiencing burnout, it is not because of the behaviours that you've got. It is because the behaviours that you have are so automatic and are leading you to be the person you don't want to be. Often it will be the people pleaser, the yes person, but it's not completely related to that. But that is a very common practice. But if you're feeling like you haven't got any space in your day, week, month, it's because you are on autopilot in the external world. You are answer, you know, you're basically responding yes, 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 yes to everything that's around you without bringing in your reflective mind and being deliberate about your choices. And it's actually the gold, and I'm leading into the second point here. The gold when you recognize, and I'm hoping you recognize it before you completely burn out, but if you are in the stages of burnout, when you recognize that you have a choice, that you can bring in your reflective mind more to be able to make choices rather than be on the hop, on the hop, on the hop, on the hop, doing more habitual practices, that's where you get some real lessons learnings and and you know lifetime changes from something as challenging as burning out or getting on the verge of it and the reason is the reason i believe this is so valuable is that when you recognize for, even from a place of burnout that the way that you are operating no longer sustains you and you recognize as a choice which I'm hoping from this episode you will, then you are basically aware that you are being forced to level up. That means you are being forced to level up to being a different version of yourself, a more sustainable version, a version of you that will, over time, remove um, the uh, chance of being burnt out. And when I talk about level up, Leveling up is when you are forced to change how you see yourself and how you think about yourself, literally how you think, and bring that back to even being able to understand that you've got these two operating systems, the reflective mind and the impulsive mind. When Even from just listening to this episode, and if you've understood what I'm talking about, you can see that there are choices. It's now about practicing, bringing in practices that will actually allow you to use your reflective mind more and at your will and be aware when you're using the habit mind. And even if you allow the impulsive mind to be operating, often you can be doing that with a choice as well. And, and that's a really powerful. So that's taking you from being a habit robot to a habit master. So it... it when I was presenting down at NAB um, the other week, the, the thing that I loved was when I was speaking with people afterwards, one of their takeaways was the fact they didn't 
they hadn't until my presentation recognised that the core issue around their burnout or their leading into burnout was around their identity, was around their thoughts and beliefs about themselves and that this was changeable. Yes, there can be definitely organisational challenges around burnout, but people can burn out outside of the workplace. (laughs) They can be burning out in their own family environments because of the identity that they have there. So, um, you know, as one woman said to me, I'm really familiar with habit loops now after some other work that she'd done. And I was using a lot of the stuff around habit loops and change in my personal life but I hadn't brought it into my professional life. I hadn't seen the link between the two. And and that was interesting for her because once she saw that now and saw the choices she could start to make in that professional sphere and see that the identity that she could change around her professional sphere would make changes around her automatic behaviours and her reflective or practices, then she got more power back. And this is what this is all about. One of the worst parts of recognizing that you are in the stages of burnout or you actually have completely burnout which was my experience one of the worst parts about it is that feeling of no control being completely frightened that you would never be able to get your own power back it was it was a horrible feeling and as i said a number of the one-to-one clients i'm working with they hadn't got to that level but they completely, you know, were able to tell me in the first, you know, one or two sessions when we did the intensive breakthrough coaching was they didn't realise how disempowered they'd felt. And so bringing in a practice just like the one I'm about to share with you just brought them back some power, brought some space back in their day, brought some space back in their mind, brought some space back in their whole identity. But most importantly, it empowered them that they're, was some hope <laughs> and there was a way forward that was relatively simple. Now, that doesn't mean it was easy because bringing in new habits, bringing in new practices will take some time and some willpower to begin with, but it's relatively simple practices to bring in and I'm all about simplicity. So the third thing I wanted to share was this number one tool and That dawned on me too when I was coming back on the plane from Melbourne. It was like just the simplicity of this tool. And if every human on the planet was able to bring this into their life, the immediate benefits that they would reap, um, as well as not just them but the other relationships they had around them, really, really important. So the three reasons that this tool actually provides and gives space are these. Number one, when you use this tool, you will immediately bring some mindfulness into your life, which will increase self-awareness. So the minute you bring in self-awareness, you are bringing in space because you're into your reflective mind. It creates space in your mind from the minute you start to reflect rather than react, reflect in order to respond rather than reacting. And it's a simple practice of bringing in a pause, which I'll go through in a bit more. It gives you that space to respond. And multiple spaces to respond in your day over time will bring in gaps 
in your day, in your schedule, in your diary. That's exactly my experience. It's exactly my client's experience. But you've got to start with the small stuff first. You've got to start with the simple pause. The second thing is that bringing in this tool, the reason it works is that it will break a habit loop. That means it will break an automatic cycle. That means it will break the impulsive mind and allow you to go into reflection. So it immediately deals with the problem you've got. Too much automaticity, too much autopilot will, you know, potentially bring on you to have no time in your world. You're just on the go, 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 go. And then the third reason, and it sort of rolls in completely from the second one, is that it brings in choices. The minute you do this tool, you are able, because you're in your reflective mind, you're able to start choosing the next step. And one of the choices you make in the next step could be giving yourself a break in the day, giving yourself time out from all the things you're on autopilot with. So what is this tool? What's this magical tool? This tool is pause, reflect, respond, P-R-R. And if I was writing this down with you or if I had my notes up to show you, it would be pause, arrow, reflect, arrow, respond. Now, the antithesis of this is no pause, which means you're just um, trigger, 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 and it's just autopilot, all aspects, and it's react, trigger, react, trigger, react, trigger, react. So the opposite of that is pause, reflect, respond. And by bringing in the pause, you automatically go out of autopilot brain, impulse brain, and you switch out of that basal ganglia into executive function or into your, um, your prefrontal cortex. And I remember when I was first presenting on this stuff at the mine site and, you know, these were men that I was, you know, operating with who were used to big, big machinery. And we brought it into context of driving down a road and, you know, you're in an automatic car. And that's the challenge for some of us is that we could be literally on the same highway with the same car going at the same speed or we just feel like we're ramping up and up and up and we don't have that ability to switch from auto into manual mode. And it's this um, flexibility to switch between the two operating systems, which is a bit like what we've got going on with a four-wheel drive car, right? You've got the ability with a four-wheel drive car to have automatic, but at any point you can put those brakes on, flick the gears into, you know, second or third manual mode, and you can go up hills or you can go and do some terrain that you're wanting to do. And that's how I see being able to use these two operating systems of your brain and mind. That is the power because you can then, for you know, you can navigate so many more terrains rather than being just in that autopilot car. So it's pause, reflect, respond. But how do we bring that in? How do I go from someone that's just completely on autopilot bringing this in? Well, as I said, funny little thing about burnout, make sure you don't get to the complete burnout. <laughs> or if you do, just know that you will be forced to stop. So your pause will be an extended pause. And that was what mine was. But from the minute you've now heard the rest of this episode, you cannot start bringing in. 
So the biggest trick I work with with clients is getting them to find their best uh, manner to bring a pause in. One way to pause is to complete a breath. Take a deep breath in through your nose, sighing out or blowing out through your nose, and that is your trigger to pause and reflect. But for a lot of us, we are in such autopilot mode, we need something quicker and, dare I say, less pleasurable. And that's what the second option is. And I've done this at mine sites. I used to hand out rubber bands. (laughs) I have numerous clients, even some of my one-to-ones at the moment. That's what we've started with. And this is one of the best ways I've found for myself. You get a rubber band, you put it on your wrist, and you make the commitment to yourself that when you notice that you are in autopilot mode, and this is what happens first, is that level of self-awareness that, you know, for some of you it will be in meetings, that you will be saying yes to everything and not being able to say no. For some of you it will be certain people in your life that you find it very difficult to say no to. So this is obviously I'm talking more about people-pleasing for bringing in the pause, reflect and respond. So whatever it is for you, you make a commitment to yourself that when you recognise that you've just done something that you don't want longer, want it, you've just been in autopilot, you don't want to be in there more, is that you catch yourself. So one of the things that a client or a number of clients worked on is when they caught themselves having a very negative thought about their performance, something ruminating about something in their life that they know won't get them anywhere, worrying, whatever, they pick the band up and they flick it. And immediately that quite nasty flick on your wrist, I'm not going to tell you, this is particularly painful in those early days, is it just brings you back to the present. It brings you into the reflective mind. And then to bring in a breath then can be so powerful because you can bring on your parasympathetic nervous system, give you even more opportunity to reflect and then respond. So just bringing in that band so with one client it was very important that with certain phone calls so if they had staff ringing all the time on certain things and there was you know some topics that they just did not want to be forced to making a quick decision on they knew that when they picked the phone up that was a trigger they knew they had the band um, rubber band and so they would keep themselves on the ready to flick themselves to bring them into the present and to be able to bring the breath in reflect and then respond. But a third way you can also bring this in is what we call the response time rule, where you make a commitment to yourself that for any specific requests that you know you've been completely habitual with, you'll have an alternative request. And this has just recently worked very well for one of my clients who gets lots in a local, fairly local, um, fairly, you know, quite a sought after person in local uh, country community. So he was struggling even as he had very busy days. If people would request things of him for the community, he felt he was sort of duty bound. So what he created a rule for himself that if anyone made a call to him with a response on community level, he would absolutely completely say no for the very first instance. But what he would say to them was I need some time to think about that. Can you please ring me back in a day, a week, a month, whatever is appropriate to the response? And putting it back on the other person 
because if he was not able to do it on that day, there was no use trying to schedule it in later because all he's doing is delaying something that he didn't even want to do because it wasn't going to help him to be the person he wanted to be for his family and his business. No use putting your whole community first if those two priorities, particularly your family priorities, out of whack. That will bring on um, issues with burnout. So he basically created a rule with response time so that he put himself in the reflective space rather than the automatic space for saying yes. So these are the three ways that you can bring in pause, reflect, respond. When anyone, you know, you might, the first one is using breath. Being aware of where you have the highest number of automatic responses, phone, business, um, family time, wherever it is, making a commitment to yourself that when someone asks something of you or you recognise something you're about to answer automatically, that would bring your breath in, breathe in through your nose, sigh out through your mouth or um, uh, breathe out through your mouth and just use that breath as the beginning of pause reflect, think about what you're being asked to do or what you're witnessing or whatever, and then respond, not react. Second one is putting that rubber band on your wrist to bring you quicker into the present. As I said, it's a tricky one because it is completely opposite to pleasure seeking. But I made great gains using it and a lot of clients have too. You don't have to do it for life. It's sort of a fast tracker. Every time you flick your wrist with it, you know you're going to go into pause, probably bringing in the breath at that point, reflect, make your choice, and then respond. And then the third one is creating a rule for yourself where you would um, you, you make that commitment to yourself that if someone asks you or if certain phone calls come in or certain people in your life um, that you know you are very automatic and habitual with, you just have a rule that you, you know, there is a time frame that you now give yourself before you respond. And that's your arbitrary result. So I hope this has given you some real insights into how normal it is as a human to get stuck in the impulsive mind and the habitual mind and just going on autopilot but also now how you've got choices and, and the choice and the deliberate nature of this is a part of your operating system that you just need to use. Number one, you need to be made aware of it. Number two, use it. And I can promise you the more you use it, the more practiced you get at it and you just become a more reflective human by nature. And it's probably going to be a bit tricky when I say this out loud, but I think this is something I've witnessed so much more, particularly as technology is, growing at such alarming rates is the humans out there who can learn how to use both sides of this operating system are just in a better position to navigate the future that's being presented for us and sharing that with people that you love it's like an incredible tool that can become a superpower because unfortunately i think so much of the negativity going on in our world is fueled by some very strong automaticity have a cracking day. Look forward to the next episode with you. Lots of love. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. Are you ready to recharge your life? Are you slipping towards burnout? Or maybe you're already there. 
make sure you grab my free guide called Heal from Burnout and Recharge Your Life for some really actionable tips that I learned the hard way. Click on the link in the show notes of your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who just may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.